When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the South End Zone, part of the Billy Up Sports Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. We are back. We're live on a Monday night. I'm with my co-host, the co-host with the most. Don't not you forget mo- it. Not with the most good bets this week, but we'll no. get to that. I'm, uh, I'm with Eric Mulhair, as always. <laughs> Eric, what's going on, man? You licking your wounds? How you doing? Uh, I mean, I've had worse weeks, but um, it's true. not much. Yeah, that's true. You almost tried to shortchange yourself there in the in the picks. You you, you told me uh, what all you picked, and I was like, wait a minute, you forgot one. So you yeah, I don't know how I missed to- that because that's the one I felt like really good about. I was like, how did that not make the cut? <laughs> that's one one of the ones you hit. I was like, well, shit, man. Yeah, I mean, I had it written down. I just didn't put it. You know, when we updated uh, our little score sheet there in the group chat, I I, I transposed incorrectly, I guess. So indeed, and holy shit, man, what a week, what a slate it was. Best week, uh, I would say, in the last three or four, probably just overall. There were, and the mm-hmm. 11 o'clock hour, dude, there were so many good games going on. Like you could have had four or five TVs on at once, and there could have been compelling football on every channel. And very uncommon for, you know, the noon slate. That, yeah. For that to be that good. So uh, we're going to jump right in. A lot of big results to get to. Uh, so first, we're going to, uh, review the picks and see how we did. I absolutely sprayed the board this week and uh, you, you took a little bit more conservative approach. You, Mm -hmm. you you took, you took a few picks and then only one bullpen shot, but uh, let's, let's hear it, man. How did we do overall? How'd we, how'd we end up? Uh, I went two and one, two, three, five. Oh Oh boy. Uh, You went, I believe I went seven and three. Yeah, I can't keep because you you move some around, and then there's just the the sheer volume of your picks. <laughs> yeah, um, I went seven and three in the picks. Um, yeah, let me count your what? So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, and one, two, three. Yep, and then I missed uh, a couple of bullpens, and and then the bullpen I had you. Yeah. Uh, I got you at one, two. three. Three and two. Correct. Does that sound correct? Okay. Yep, that is correct, sir. So 15 overall picks, and uh, I went a total of 13 and five. So, yeah, not a bad week. That'll pay. But I'm back. back. I I hit my goal. I'm back to 500 for the year. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I lost a little ground. Um, actually lost a hefty chunk of ground. Um, yeah, you might have to spray the board this coming week. Yeah, I might have to do the old uh, Goliath strategy and just. <laughs> you need to go back to your wells. That's what you need to do. But Probably. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, more. So let, that up. Let, let's hit them. Uh, okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about yours first, since you're going to be back on the tee box this week. Yep. Let's let's get the pain out of the way, man. So hit me with your winners and losers. Oh, let's see which which turd do I want to start with first? Um, <laughs> Illinois at Minnesota. I I took under forty three and a half. They actually got into the fifties. Uh, Illinois scores late to win twenty seven to twenty six, but I was already burned by then. Um, <clears throat> Illinois still got an outside shot at the conference title. Uh, I think it's pretty outside. Um, speaking okay. of. They still shots. They still play Iowa, so they they have a chance. Yeah. Um, I also took Nebraska minus three. I laid the points. I faded Sparty, and it finally 
you know, I guess you can't win them all if you just fade the same team over and over again. This is the third or fourth time I've I've bet against Michigan State, but uh, Michigan State wins outright at home, twenty to seventeen. Nebraska can't be trusted. You you lose the turnover battle three nothing on the road. You're not going to win. Um, I don't care who you are. Yeah, um, not good. Florida. Oh, oh man. So I. I took them at minus four and a half. Uh, you had them as well. You moved them in from the bullpen when the line dropped to two and a half, which Correct. I think was a smart play for a team at home. Less than a field goal. Arkansas is bad. Um, Florida got off to the worst start imaginable. They they give up a scoring drive, opening drive, and then they're probably second or third play. Uh, they, they throw an out route to their, their best receiver, and he gets stood up by one defender and stripped of the ball by the other, and Arkansas – Three minutes into the game is up 14 nothing. So Florida fights back. Uh, they miss a field goal at the end of regulation that would have won it, but they go to overtime, and Arkansas prevails 39-36. to 36. Oh, Florida yeah, and is I would like trouble. to add that that was a fucking chip shot field goal. Uh, so I don't think I saw I think I was on another game at that point. Oh, it was a chip shot. Itself. It was a short yeah. one. Yeah, it was a chip shot, dude. I mean, it should have. It was. It was an easy kick, and he missed it. So. Yeah. Well, there's no such thing as an easy kick in college. Um, that's, that's true. Flo- Florida's bowl hopes are in grave danger. Dire straits. Yes. Uh, speaking of dire straits and fading bad teams, I faded Baylor again. I won <laughs> again. I took Houston plus three and a half. They actually win in overtime, twenty-five, twenty-four. So. Yeah, I, I thought you were in trouble there for a minute because uh, Baylor. I actually saw the end of that, like end of regulation, mm-hmm. and they Baylor converted on like a fourth yeah. and twenty-two play to get down there and score to tie it and take it to OT. I was like, man, if this yeah. ends up not going Houston's way, that's a bad beat. Like that's yeah, and, and I mean, you know, Baylor fought through it uh, until the end, just played hard. They're just not very good. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe quit watch talk was a little premature. They they seem like they're still into it. They're they just suck. Um <laughs> another team that sucks, Mississippi State. They're bad. They, they have quit. They have yeah, quit. they I think they may have. Um they put up three points against a good Kentucky defense, but not an elite Kentucky defense. Uh yeah. I was on the under 45 and a half. That was my easiest win of the week, a 24 to 3 final. I got to wonder, I, I think Zach Arnett was the right guy to hire at the time, given the circumstances, but I think they need to have a talk about, hey, does he need to be the guy moving forward? Because it has been, it's been bad. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. I, I don't hate the hire to keep some, some continuity in the program, yeah. you know, given the situation with Leach's passing and all of that. But it, at this point, like the, there's nothing that would indicate to me that it's headed in the right direction. So I I think, and his buyout is really manageable. So I think at the end of the season, they probably need to look at having those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not Um, already going on. And they they probably are. I I know a couple of Mississippi state fans. They are unhappy. Um, They didn't like the idea of him overhauling the offense in one off season, which was a, (laughs) <laughs> a kind of a bold choice at the time, and it looks worse uh, in retrospect as we go. But w- we'll see. Uh, whatever's going to happen there is going to happen, I guess. Indeed. Uh, while we're I, on that, while we're on that game, I was on the uh, uh, spread. I took Kentucky minus four and a half. There. Yes. So, okay. I, I just easy win. That too. Yeah. Easy win there. Not <laughs> never a doubt. Um. Another one we were both on. We both took Georgia minus fourteen and a half at home at Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Uh. Missouri's a good team. Uh, they played hard. They have some. They got some players. Their def- defensive front, I think, is a little underrated. They obviously have the the receivers. Brady Cook is playing well. Um, you know, they're still seven and two. Uh, there's a real chance they can get to ten wins. Um, I know they got Tennessee coming up, but Missouri is a much better team than I expected. Uh, Georgia does win thirty to twenty one, but they do not cover. So two L's yep. for the good guys. Indeed. Uh, my last one, I took a team total this week for the first time. I took Oklahoma team total over 33 and a half in the Bedlam game. 
they didn't come particularly close. I was at the point uh, towards the end there where they got the ball back. I was like, I need them to kick a field goal to force overtime and then hope they score a touchdown. But none of those things happened. So <laughs> our, our guy, Gundy, the Gundy machine uh, keeps just, rolling and they control their own destiny for a big 12 title game shot. They have... Dude. Three teams the- who are either four and five or five and four. Um, yeah, it's all the it's all the new Big Twelve members. Yeah, it it. I mean, I mean, I know they're down they're down uh, near me this week uh, mm-hmm. at UCF. I think they have Cincinnati and BYU left. Maybe does that sound yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, just when you think he's done Gundy and he's going to Gundy even harder than ever, uh, Oklahoma. Eight penalties, three turnovers, yeah, tough you score, even yeah, against you an average defense. Yeah, you can't fumble the ball three times and twice in your own territory in a game like yeah. that. Yeah, and then, then the pick was you know, kind of just past midfield, but it was a deep shot uh, picked off, I would say, inside the 10. Yeah. It was like, oh, man. Um, mm-hmm. Then my last one uh, was in the bullpen. Thankfully, it stayed there, so I didn't have to wear this one. But I, I thought Michigan was going to come out and just maul Purdue. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all the nonsense happening. And I, I thought, ah, Purdue is not very good. And I think Michigan is probably going to be out to prove a point. They won handily, right? Uh, they won by four touchdowns. Don't get me wrong. A 41 to 13 final. Um, But they didn't cover 32 and a half. So yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah, uh, that's that's the risk of you know that big number. But Well, that's why you leave it in the bullpen, you know. Yeah. So, um, and I was actually thinking about the Michigan team total there as well, bringing that, if you remember, that was one of my three bullpen choices. So that would, that would have fallen just short. That would have yeah, that was me angry. Yeah. That was a painful miss on the team total. And I, I know some people took, uh, took a bath on that. Yeah. Speaking of taking a bath, This number was just, it was a little too low for me. I got scared off and I shouldn't have. And yet again, for the millionth time in a, in a row, it feels like um, service got me under. It's it's free money, dude. Never a doubt. Although, I will say this. I was way more confident in the spread than I was the total. We talked yep. about that. And yeah. I was like, I'm in deep shit on both of these after the yeah. first quarter. I was like, Yeah, you were upside L's. down on the spread. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is two L's right out of the gate. Yeah. So Army Air Force, they go under 31 and a half, 23 to 3 final. Army gets the big upset, which means Air Force did not cover the 18 and a half that you were laying with them. Yeah, five turnovers will do that to you. Four of them in your own territory. That yeah. will get you beat just about every time. I don't know what happened to Air Force there, dude. I I didn't see much of the game. I was working, but going back and looking at it, just, you know, kind of box score recapping it, I still don't get it. Like, the Air Force, just the turnovers, dude. I don't – they've been playing pretty sound football all year and <laughs> just completely shitting their helmets this weekend, man. Yep. It, was, it was a strange game. So, what are you going to do? You miss out on the spread, but – at least you, you know, just about break even on the under. So just about, um, here's a strange game since you used those words in that particular order, Iowa and Northwestern played at Wrigley field. No doubt. And they had, uh, they had what I believe was the seventh or eighth highest scoring game at Wrigley field in this calendar year. When you include major league baseball, yeah. Iowa wins 10 to seven, they easily, easily cover another under that I was scared off because I was like, it's just too low. 31 and a half. Barely got halfway there. Um, anything anything geez. over 20, anything over 28 is free money in an Iowa game. Oh, damn. It's, it's free money, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. You were all over them the last couple of years. You backed off this year. Yeah, they opened why. it. They opened at 29 and a half. And I was like, geez, you know, it, it gets to a certain point. It gets low enough where I get nervous because Iowa is so liable to score on defense, uh, the defensive oh, yeah. touchdown or special teams and screw that up. Cause I have been bitten by that. Um, uh, 
Liberty. They're a machine. How? God, I mean, they, they cover, they win by 26. They cover 16 and a half against LaTeX. Um, yeah, they, they could have won this game is, 75 to 30. Is I mean, Liberty going to lose this year? No, no. They'll finish 12 and 0, just like the other cash machine that I was yep. on this week, James Madison. Yep, they win 42 to 14 at Georgia State. They cover their five and a half point spread. Um, oh, smoked them, absolutely destroyed them. They don't look like they're going to lose. Well, I mean, they might. They have a couple of. I think they're more likely to lose than Liberty because I think they play better teams in the Sun Belt than Liberty does in Conference USA. But agree. But I think James Madison is just in a different class of the Sun Belt. I think their lines of scrimmage. I think their defense is for real. Like we've talked about them at length pretty well. Yeah. Their Liberty, I agree. I don't see them losing. I think they're probably 12 and 0 heading to the conference championship. And James Madison at this point, I would be shocked if they lost. Um, you know, but they're like this week, I think they're 26 and a half point favorites over who they're playing. So, I mean, they're, they're about to be 10 and 0. Mm. Um, a team that I believe they still have left on their schedule is Coastal Carolina. I didn't I, – I knew Grayson McCall wasn't going to play. I was like, oh, that's not terrible. Jarrett Guest played well last week. They covered. Um, and At this point, I don't think it really matters who plays they were, quarterback. They were catching a point and a half at home against Old Dominion, and I, I screwed that up. And I didn't take it. You did uh, when the line moved. It, it, it crossed over. Mm-hmm. Probably when they figured they were going to have to play their third string quarterback, uh, did not matter. Coastal wins twenty eight twenty four as a home dog. Yeah, that was. Uh, we a, talked uh, about Florida, and then your last pick is a game. We want to save this one for the end and talk about the others because this is a game I think we're going to talk about a little more in depth than just a picks recap. Indeed. Uh, bullpen pick. You had Kansas on the money line plus one twelve against Iowa State. They win twenty eight to twenty one. <laughs> I felt stupid for that man. They they jumped out on them like fourteen to nothing, and I was like, shit, man. I fucking knew. I knew Kansas was better than them. I knew they shouldn't have been an underdog. And like an idiot, I left it in the bullpen. I should have bet it. I felt mm. like a moron. Tip five minutes into that game, I was like, what was I thinking? Stupid. I knew Iowa State couldn't beat them. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Another missed opportunity was Arizona plus two and a half. They were on the road at UCLA. Um, They're just wrecking seasons. They're just going right down the line like FU, FU, FU. Oh, you want to go to the conference yet? No. (laughs) Dude, they fish, man. I'm so happy for them that they're like balling out and playing well because, man, that program has been through some shit. Jed Fish is like, we've talked about him on the show. Like, we thought he was the right dude for the job. Mm-hmm. And even with everything that was going on, they were sort of heading in the right direction. And they came in with a, what was their total? Four and a half or something like that. And we both took the over. And yeah. They, I mean, they've already hit it. Um, yeah. I remember so, last year, just, just last season, Timmy thought they were going to go 0 and 12. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. he. I mean, he obviously had a lot of work to do when he showed up. And, you know, Arizona is not a place where you can come in, pull in 40 transfers and turn it around in year one, right? It's no. got to be sort of a building process, but uh, Indeed. He's, he's building. Uh, we talked about Virginia Tech, you know, should be should they be laying almost 10 points against Louisville? How good is Louisville? Who have they played? Virginia Tech looks much better. They go to Louisville and get worked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad I left, I'm, I'm glad I left that one in the old bullpen, man. They got absolutely curb stomped. <laughs> yeah. Not. So, oh, Louisville Sorry, splatters them 34 to three. <laughs> Sorry, um, your last bullpen, one of your last bullpen picks, uh, Florida State, you laid, or you, you were thinking of laying the 21 and a half at Pitt. Yeah. I think the fact that it was at Pitt maybe scared yeah. you off from pulling yep. the trigger I, on I, that. But yeah, I, I liked it and I thought Florida State would be motivated, but the, the Narduzzi factor just I, I couldn't I couldn't pull the trigger, man. I was yeah. like, I just you know, Florida team going up north, playing in the cold, like nah, I don't like it. So 
Yeah. So Florida State, uh, despite no Keon Coleman, no Johnny Wilson, does win handily 24 to 7, but they don't cover that. So good call yeah. leaving that uh, round in the chamber there. Last bullpen pick. And this is one I had been riding for about the last month. And. Mm-hmm. Another number, I was like, "Ooh, boy, that's a little, that's a little much." I don't know if I like that number. It's also seventy-six and a half. Uh, I, I want to say four minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah, Washington, yeah. Washington and USC went over seventy-six and a half points, fifty-two yep. to forty-two final. I feel like I an have, idiot for not taking that. That game, yeah, went, me too. That game went exactly kind of like we both thought it would if Washington looked like they normally do, right? We talked about how maybe they've been dealing with a flu bug and, mm-hmm. you know, all of those kinds of things. And, but a normal-looking Washington, like they looked against Oregon or whoever, they would do whatever they wanted. And so, you know, if you believe what you read and you think, oh, well, they're healthy now, okay, and he's going to do whatever he wants – it went about exactly as I thought it would. And, you know, poor Caleb Williams is crying on the sideline. Well, I would too, if I was him, because I'm, I'm, I've been the best player in college football for arguably for a year and a half. And I have, I have zero help. And my coach well, has not demonstrated that he gives a single shit about helping me in terms of putting a defense on the field ever. Until, until yesterday when they fired Alex Grinch. And he's yes. no longer the defensive coordinator. Yeah, too little, too late there, Lincoln. Uh, it, yeah, I find I, it, I find it funny that you waited until like the, a top five offense in the nation played you and dropped forty or fifty on you. It's like right, you, G- you giving said, up forty nine to Cal wasn't enough, or <laughs> yeah. letting so, Colorado almost come all the way back, or yeah. blowing the Cotton Bowl against Tulane. It's just it's it's baffling. I don't. Yeah, or, or Utah scoring 40 points against you. With right, back with that offense. Yeah. yeah. It's, oh, God. Yeah, like a year and a half too late. I mean, I think uh, San Jose State put 30 on them. Like, yeah. uh, what are we talking about? It, it's USC, oh. man. They're they're like a – they're just a gimmick to me. They're a gimmicky team. That's Well, that's we said it before, too. Me. Like, if you refuse to play defense, I don't respect you. Pretty much. I mean – your games will be interesting and fun to watch um, a lot of the time, you know, but also like, I can't take you seriously. Like, yeah. I mean, all you're doing is watching the clock. It's like, uh, is there more than 30 seconds left on the clock? Yeah. They've got a time to score against yeah. USC. Yeah. So Washington ran for 300 on <laughs> like Dylan Johnson had 26 carries for two. <laughs> 256 yard. He put up 10 yards of carry and four scores on these guys. And it was <sighs> painful. It was painful to watch because it's like, man, do these did the two linebackers even practice together? Like they they don't look like they have any idea what the other guy's doing. Like they're they're going in different directions. They're both overrunning a play to the same side. Like I just don't understand. I'll tell you, I mean, how it got this bad because they don't tackle in practice. They don't practice defense. I don't even think they meet for team defense. Like I'm at the point where what is USC's offense versus USC's defense in practice look like? Is that just like a bunch an hour's worth of three play drives down the field? And (laughs) like, (laughs) that's a great question. I don't know. Cause surely to God, they're just scoring at will. I mean, I I don't know. Right. <sighs> Who cares? Your last, yeah, your your last pick. I, I will be curious to see what they do because if, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, almost like a statement hire. Like he's got to go get someone that inspires some confidence that he's serious about this, right? Like Jim Leonard, for instance. Yeah, I mean, Jim Leonard would, you know, a hire like that would make sense. But ultimately, it comes down to they have to be able to recruit guys that play defense. And to this point, Lincoln Riley has not proven that he can recruit anybody that's worth shit on defense. And I mean, you can recruit all the five-star receivers and quarterbacks in the world that you want and even good offensive linemen. But if you can't recruit people who can fucking play on the other side of the ball, it doesn't matter 
how good your offense is, you will get beat. They, what are they, six and three now? Something like that. Yeah, they've lost to Washington. They lost to. Uh, yeah, like I'm just I'm I'm wondering. They could. I mean, they're they, looking. They could, they're looking at they the could, Sun Bowl. Yeah, they could finish seven and five legitimately. Right, because they still who they got Oregon next week, right? Mm-hmm. And I think yep. they still have uh, UCLA, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure who else, but yeah, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. They stink. I don't yeah. even want to talk about them anymore. They're free money on an over, and that's all they're good for. Yeah. Um, and your last pick, um, obviously the biggest game of the week, LSU was in Tuscaloosa, paying a visit to the Crimson Tide. You took Indeed. Alabama minus three at home, and they win 42 to 28. I caught chunks of this game. Um, Indeed. I have some thoughts based on what I saw. I know you watched the whole thing, so I would be curious to get your thoughts first. Uh, well, I think it was... I think LSU played uh, – well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. The game played out exactly like I thought it was going to for the most part. Um, the only thing that really happened in the game that surprised me was how much they were allowing Jaden Daniels to run. And I don't want to like put that all on Alabama because Jaden Daniels – I mean, right now he would have my Heisman vote even with the three losses that they have. I mean, he's <laughs> that dude is he's next level good, man. He's just he's an incredible player. So, I mean, he he ran 11 times for a buck 63. That was surprising to me that he was able to get that much space and run that well. But the rest of it, dude, this was like a culmination of like all the things that Alabama fans have been wanting to see all season. Milro just Running RPOs, running the football. He scores four rushing touchdowns. Game was tied at half. LSU kind of scored there right before the half, and they were getting the ball back. And I was like, shit, man. Could be in trouble, but I'm not that concerned because we haven't really put two great halves of football together all season. But we were pretty impressive in the first half. And then they came out in the second half, dude, and it was pretty much all Bama. LSU went up, you know, 28-21, and it was all Bama from there. And we talked about it on the show, man. I said the number one thing, you know, you thought running the ball for Alabama was going to be critical. And I think it was. They rushed for 288 on the ground. But LSU also rushed for 206. It's not like they were a slouch in the run game, you know. So, but the number one thing was can they get to Daniels and hit him? And, you know, I always say good things happen when you hit the quarterback and, you know, it's not a good thing for Daniels or for LSU. You know, I hated to see him get hurt. Even as a Bama fan, you're like, shit, man, I kind of, you know, wish he was still in there and because it was such a really exciting game to watch. And they hit him. You know, Dallas Turner drives him into the fucking turf and knocks him out of the game. And that was pretty much the dagger for LSU, I, th- I think, at that point. Yeah, they're already down by two scores at that point. I mean, that that's yeah. that drive they're trying to get back within a touchdown. Um, yeah, you had the tough luck pick for Daniels, you know, the tip pass that yep. uh, gets caught by Bama, and uh, they take it and go up two scores. And then, like you say, Daniels gets knocked out, and that was pretty much all she wrote from there. So uh, kind of a statement win, kind of a reminder by Alabama that, hey, we're still Alabama, kind of like I was hoping for and predicted and – I don't know. I, I just, uh, you know, and no homer take here. I I don't know of many teams that could have beat them the other night. You know, it, the, the list would be short. The way Alabama played the other night at home, it's a short list of teams that you would think could beat them the way they played. Mm. So I haven't watched every minute of every Alabama game like you have. I've, mm-hmm. I've watched ma- the majority of most of them. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm going to get a sanity check from you. Sure. Are they doing a much better job of calling plays tailored to Jalen Milrose's skill set than they were doing in week three or four? One hundred percent. But I I think I, I don't want to put that on like Tommy Reese, and I don't I don't know this to be you know to be fair. There's been rumors of. 
you know, rumblings coming out of Tuscaloosa that like Saban was sort of micromanaging Reese to start the year. And maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe there's not. But whatever the case, I think what you've, what we would both agree on is that Jalen Milrow's growth in the offense and his comfort level in the offense has really grown. And I mean, at this point, his willingness to just tuck it and go, man, and facing a defense that wasn't all that daunting. You know, I think it just was a perfect storm, basically, if that makes yeah. sense. But but I do agree that, I mean, I've been bitching about it all year, dude, not just on the show, but in text message, like, why don't they do more design runs? He's the yeah, fastest guy about it on the re- field. Repeatedly, like, yeah. get him involved in the run game, get rid of the intermediate passes, because that's not his strength. Like, mm-hmm. that's not what he does well, mm-hmm. right? Run, 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 deep shot. Um yeah, I was, it, also, it also does look to me like he's more comfortable and confident now that he is not, you know, because you get to the opener and then the Texas game. And I think if you get a guy who doesn't know, like, hey, if I, if I screw this up, they're going to pull me, right? Um, mm-hmm. a, a little bit of walking on eggshells. And I think sure. there's just some pressure on him that didn't need to be there at the beginning of the year, specifically the Texas game. So... Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think it's uh, one of those things where he's gotten more comfortable. The 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 play caller and Tommy Reese has also gotten more confidence in him, you know, to make the plays and those kinds of things. And Milrow, he knows it's his job. He knows he's not going to get benched, you know, for mm-hmm. throwing an interception like he did after the Texas game. He got benched, and then <laughs> they didn't have anybody else, and so he goes back in and – He's sort of grown into the role as the season has gone on, but the defense for all of its warts that it had, you know, with uh, Daniels running the ball and the the deep shots to neighbors, who is just a freak. Uh, LSU, like I said, is going to get theirs. They're going to sure. score. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to shut them out. Like, they're no. going to make plays. Yeah, they're the number one offensive football. So to hold them to 28 points, to me, impressive. You know, their, their team total, like I told you, was 29 and a half. And wouldn't have shocked me if they scored 30, but I didn't feel great about it. Glad I didn't take that because I've been cashing LSU team total overs all season. And uh, that was one of the ones I didn't take. So kudos to Bama. Kudos to LSU, even though they, you know, lost. I still think they played great for the most part. Tough luck for Daniels going out, but uh, Bama's got it all ahead of them now. So, I mean, they should win out. They'll be favored the rest of the way, and most likely they'll be playing Georgia. Mm. Well, that is all the picks. Indeed. Um, and then what other – were there any other games you wanted to talk about before we get into our well, power I, ratings or just jump straight to that? Well, I would like to point out, you know, since I was having Twitter debates this week with Notre Dame fans – who were crying about SEC biased in the rankings. And I made the, you know, maybe this is a little controversial. I made the suggestion on Twitter that maybe Notre Dame fans should stop whining about SEC biased and worried and be more worried about beating mediocre teams. And boy, did I get wrecked mm. for that on Twitter. <laughs> Our good friend, Brian Driscoll just wrecked me on Twitter and a bunch of his, you know, followers also wrecked me. His, the Driscoll army came after. Oh, oh, dude, they, they came after me hard. And of course it's all in good fun, fun to debate, you know, Driscoll, he's a good buddy of ours. So it's all in fun. You know, there's no, no hurt feelings there, but uh, it, it was just funny. I was like, man, after that Twitter debate, I hope Notre Dame loses. And boy, Clemson just, huh. The, the final score is not indicative of how this game went. No, they're, they're pretty much, um, I watched uh, probably half of it um, in total. They seemed like they were, for the most part, in control uh, basically the entire time. Well, Clemson won the game getting out gained by about 50 yards. They had 286 total yards of offense. Phil Moffa had 36 rushes for a buck 87, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm starting to think he's 
maybe the better running back than Shipley. I don't know. Like, so I watched him a little bit in high school. He's he's from Georgia. Um, he played at Grayson. They won a state championship his senior year. Although yeah. I think he missed at least the last uh, playoff game, the the championship game, because he broke his leg. But watching them the last couple of years, I'm I was confused why they didn't try to get him the ball more. Mm-hmm. Not that oh, I think he's better than Will Shipley because uh, I one of my gripes with them has been like Will Shipley's your best player on offense. Why is he not getting the ball more? Yeah, um, but. In addition to that, it's like, is, is Phil Maffa like a six-carry-a-game guy? Like, is that really how you see him? Because I think he's better than that. Yeah. I mean, um, he had 36 attempts this game. So they they put it on his shoulders, and he yeah. delivered, man, with a buck 87, a couple of scores. And Clemson jumped all over Notre Dame in the first half. It was 24-9 to nine at halftime. So not really ever a close game. You know, they – uh they sort of climbed back into it with 14 points in the second half to make it look respectable. But ultimately, Clemson controlled the game. And there was a section of this game where it's, it's kind of funny. And shout out shout out to Tom Fernelli for pointing this out uh, on Twitter, uh, that there was like a five- or six-minute section of the game where Notre Dame and Clemson just punted back and forth to each other. Mm-hmm. And Clemson was playing the Iowa game. They were playing field position, and they kept they kept pinning Notre Dame deep over and over again, and they just couldn't move the ball. Hartman threw two picks. You know, it just it was kind yeah, of strange. I think one was a touchdown. Yeah, so it uh, a little bit strange, sort of a weird game. But I was I was, you know, in, inside after that Twitter debate this weekend, I was kind of happy to see Clemson just you know, kind of shellac them there in the first half and hold on to win by uh, a touchdown there. So kudos to Clemson for salvaging and, you know, hopefully still being able to get bowl eligible. Um, they, they have South Carolina left, so hopefully they can still make a bowl game. Yeah, I don't know who else they – let's see. Uh, Clemson let's see. left Clemson on the schedule has Georgia Tech and Georgia Tech, North South Carolina. Carolina. And South Carolina. Yeah, so Georgia Tech at home, North Carolina at home, and South Carolina at Williams Bryce. Indeed. Um, they're five and four. I gotta think there's two wins there. Yeah, you would think they'll finish seven and five at the at the worst. So. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that was an interesting one. Uh, a game we have not talked about that we discussed a little bit uh, in the picks. Uh, preview and we were making our bets was Texas and Kansas State. Texas holds on for the three point win. Uh, K State, they had their chance, man. They had their chance to win and they just couldn't do it. And the game goes to overtime. And I mean, they had the ball inside the five with a chance to score and couldn't punch it in for the win. They kicked the field goal, take it to overtime. And Texas holds on in overtime, wins by three. Malik Murphy now 2-0 and as a starter. Malik Murphy did not look great in this Yeah, game. I was going to say, 2-0 and as a starter, great, uh, having said that. Yeah. So they got to get Ewers back in a big way. Well, and I did see that his status was upgraded to day-to-day. So mm. he, he could potentially be back this week. We'll see. Uh Texas will be favored in the, all their games the rest of the way. But it was a uh, another master class by Sarkeesian, I think, calling plays. He had a lot of creative stuff in the game that, you know, like stuff that um, a lot of misdirection stuff, like the, the toss to Baxter for 54 yards. It was a well-designed, right. like, you know, you think they're going one way and they just kind of just kind of kick it out to Baxter and he just <laughs> beats everybody to the edge and takes it, you know, 40, 55 yards for a score. So another master class by Sark and uh, A.D. Mitchell. Finally, healthy A.D. Mitchell seems like a, a beast. You know, yeah. it grabs for a buck 50 and a score. <sighs> Man. So that's a uh, we'll, we'll talk more about Texas and the power ratings here shortly. Uh, other than that, we talked about Jacksonville State. Uh, 
maybe being able to hang in with South Carolina. They don't win, but they do cover the big spread. Lose by 10 to South Carolina. But Yeah, they were in that game for most of it, and the yeah. South Carolina pulls away yeah. you know, later on, early fourth quarter. But it was kind of uh, back and forth. Um, Indeed. Boy, speak, guys. Speak it. <laughs> The beginning of the year, if I would have said, you know, like South Carolina is in a dogfight in the Battle of the Gamecocks, oh. right? Because Jacksonville State last year was, let's see, what were they last year? They were not good. Yeah, I can't remember what they were last year, but I can tell you one thing they were, they are this year. They are, I want to say they are eight and two against the spread this year now. Whew, man. They are just oh yeah. Jacksonville State was nine and two last year. Maybe that was the year before when they had bumped up from. Maybe so. Yeah. FCS. I can't, I can't remember, but uh, okay. So, uh, speaking of back and forths, now I know you didn't get any eyes on this, but uh, man, Ole Miss, they just keep doing it. They just keep winning, man. Kiffin, he's eight and yeah. one. <laughs> Texas yeah, the only the only part of that game I saw was um, the the highlight clips of the nut shot. That oh, man, what a dirtbag that kid! He better be suspended for like multiple games after that. That's some like WWE shit. Yeah, well, there's that, and then every clip I saw is like the camera pans away, but it looks like he's about to hit him, like punch him. Yeah, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but psh, yeah, that's the only part of that game that I saw. Yeah, uh, I'm Judd, not. I don't Judd, watch Texas A&M when they're on the road because I just assume they're going to lose. <laughs> yeah, they've lost what like eleven or twelve in a row now. True road games. It's. Uh, uh, not I think it's eight or nine, but yeah, nine. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's not good. No, it's not. I think it's like eleven or twelve conference games on the road, maybe, and like, or I can't remember what it is. Because maybe it's they've won tr- a neutral site game or something. I, I don't know. I can't remember, but it's yeah, bad. Yeah, because they, they, they get the neutral site game against Arkansas every year. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and so the only part of this game that I saw, I kind of you know saw a little bit of the second half, and I did see the ending. And uh, Ole Miss hanging on there at the end. They win 38-35. And I, I loved Jackson Dart's comments after the game. Did you happen to catch that? Nope. Oh, that was great. It was uh it was almost a Kiffin esque comment. You know, they uh they asked him, you know, because there was a lot of uh rumblings, and I'm using air quotes for you guys on the pod side, about uh Texas AM's players talking a lot of shit uh during the week before the game. And Jackson Dart was asked about it after the game and he gave a very like, you know, like Kirby Smart, Nick Saban-ish answer, you know, like a very vanilla, we worry about ourselves kind of stuff. And then at the end of it, it just comes out of left field. He's like, but I don't know. Maybe they weren't getting enough attention for all their losses or something. I don't know. <laughs> that was it. It was the end of his conference. It's like, oh, ouch. So so I, I got their last road win being – at Missouri in October of 2021. <sighs> brutal. And Absolutely brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Cue the SEC shorts clip where they're talking about Jimbo and that he's Dollar General. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin someone's Sumlin, do- yeah. yeah, he's just as good and he's a lot cheaper. And uh, he's actually better now. If you compare their records this many games into their career, someone has a better record. So... And that person is not Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's, uh, yeah, we talked about Zach Arnett. I, I think the people with the deep pockets are, have a a conversation coming at the end of the year because, boy, Texas Tech, they or A and M rather. Um, what are they? They're five and four as well, right? Yes. Where's their schedule? Yeah, five and four. Yeah, they've got. Uh, and they uh, have Mississippi State got, and Abilene mm-hmm. Christian should win both of those. But then they go to LSU, so they're probably looking at seven and five, and that's yeah. not going to get it done. <laughs> I don't know, man. At this point, what else can you expect from Jimbo? They've been just aggressively mediocre, as you like to say. So yeah, um, I don't know. Speaking of teams that aren't mediocre, though, 
against teams that are less than mediocre. Oregon State gets a win on the road at Colorado, 26-19. to 19. Uh, You know, Colorado, they are who we thought they were. So. Yeah, and the, you look at that and you say, oh, seven points, that's not bad. It, it was bad. I watched much of that, and Colorado did absolutely no, – I think they, through the first three quarters, they had – Less than Less 100 than, yards of offense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they got a couple of late touchdowns to make it respectable-ish mm-hmm. final score-wise. But, um, yeah, I think the hype train has finally come to a screeching stop. And, and the, yeah, you know, the, they, book, the book is out. Uh, kind of everything we said before the season, like – yeah. yeah, they have some – I think the quarterback can be good. They have some really nice pieces at the skill positions. They're fast. Boy, their lines of scrimmage are god-awful. Like, they got Arizona left. They're not going to beat those guys. At Wazoo, maybe Wazoo's kind of tanked. last. I think they've lost four or five straight. And then at Utah, they're not going to win that. I mean, they're – and to be clear, five and seven – would be a massive success for them this year. Yeah. Like that would be, yeah. you know, a, a total four, hat tip. It's a four game improvement from one yeah. and 11. So, right. And I, I mean, I, I was confidently wrong about under three and a half, but mm-hmm. I, boy, I think five is their limit. Yeah. I would agree. My so. favorite step, my favorite staff from that game is that they had minus seven yards rushing. <laughs> that's, that's with, uh, three players having 17, eight, and six yards. And Shador Sanders had minus 37 yards because he was sacked so many times. Yeah. So, yikes. Uh, not good. Not great, Bob, but Oregon State moves to seven and two and uh, still has an outside shot if some crazy stuff happens. But uh, looking more and more like it's going to be an Oregon Washington rematch in the Pac 12. So. Uh, it is, but if it's not, it'll be because Oregon State had a hand in it specifically. I mean, they still Correct. got both of those teams. Yes, uh, so but I'm that, looking. I'm looking at the Civil War game right in yeah. in week 13. That and, you know they could maybe play a part in knocking someone out. But yeah, and we talked about Arizona, and we gave him a shout out for getting bowl eligible. I would like to give another team a shout out for getting bowl eligible, and eating a little crow on my part. Jeff Halfley is bowl <sighs> eligible, dude. Yes. Boston College is six and three. <laughs> yeah, him, him and Shiano in the same year. <laughs> it's, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Pretty and you know who remarkable. else is bowl eligible that I did not see coming? Speaking of those Who's, two guys, Neil that? Brown. Oh, my God. No kidding, right? West yeah, Virginia. West Virginia, six and three. They smoke BYU 37 to seven. They are bowl eligible. And uh, a team that was already bowl eligible, yeah, but just got it handed to them this weekend. Cristobal, Miami, they yeah. go on the road to NC State and get worked. It was uh, not they, a high, not a high are score. They eligible? They are. They're six and three. Oh, that's right. Because they, yeah, they beat A and M. But Dave Doring yeah. is now bowl eligible. NC State six and three. So Miami, they, uh, yeah, they they stink. They're not good. So yeah, and to circle back to Neil Brown for just a minute. In addition yeah. to being six and three, he probably should be seven and two because uh, they lost that Houston game on at, on at the a, very very end at the yeah, final end. play. Yeah, uh, but yeah, three guys on my hot list uh, coming into the year that I think are in pretty pretty good shape because they're probably going to. I don't. I don't know if, if Rutgers has any more wins coming, but um, I'm not sure of their schedule offhand. But yeah, yeah, uh, the hat tip to them. Good job. Yeah, and the last one, uh, Penn State just absolutely destroys Maryland. I think Maryland's kind of done. I don't know that they're going to win another game. They're five and four. They got absolutely melted by Penn State, fifty-one to fifteen. It was a, just an absolute beatdown. Penn State took out some aggression, I think, on these boys. So uh, Maryland may be one to fade uh, looking looking at the rest of the year here. But outside of that, Tulane gets a narrow win, moves to 8-1, still going to be ranked. 
this conference championship picture in most places is starting to shape up, man. So it's going to be quite interesting moving for the last uh, three weeks here of the regular season. I don't really count week 14, but uh, yeah. So knowing all that, knowing what we know and Ohio state, I don't care about what I do care about is that they should not be ranked number one, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Speaking of, who should be rated and ranked and all that stuff. We got about 10 minutes left here on the clock. Let's go over the power ratings. So we got uh, college football ra- uh, playoff rankings coming out tomorrow night. And uh, Eric and I decided to update our power ratings for the season and understand disclaimer. This is not where we would have them ranked based on their results. This is in a vacuum with one week to prepare on a neutral field, who would we favor over the other team? Who do we think would win? So hit me with yours. Actually, I'm going, let's, I tell you what, you got mine or do you just have yours? I have mine. Okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I think I have yours on my phone, but. Okay. That way, yeah, I'm looking on on my phone at yours. So I'll read off the power rankings and we can, uh, Compare as we go. We both have Georgia ranked number one in the power ratings. And I don't think there's much to that. They seem to be the most complete team out there. They just they just win, man. Even if they do it not by 40 points, they just, like watching that Mizzou game this weekend, it was never in doubt, I felt like. You know, there was just, you don't ever watch a Georgia game and think, oh, they're not going to win. Yeah, I, I really for me it kind of boils down to the the ancient Tibetan philosophy of to be the man, you gotta beat the man. Indeed. Woo. Uh maybe that's Ric Flair. I'm not sure. But yeah, until they lose a game. <laughs> um like why would I favor someone else over that they haven't lost in two years? Indeed. Now, this next one is gonna be a possibly a little bit controversial because you yep. have got Ohio State. Yep. Power rated at mm-hmm. number two. I got to tell you, that is a stark difference from yep. my listing. I would have them currently at seventh. And if Texas had a healthy Quinn Ewers, they would be eighth for me. Mm. So okay. from, from second to eighth, I'm going to make my argument first. Okay. And then you tell me why I'm wrong. Okay. When I think about Ohio State, what I've seen from them, when they play against a great defense, they struggle to move the football. They have not really done anything this year that just makes me say, wow, they're a dominant offense. They are frequently bailed out by Marvin Harrison, but when they face teams that actually know their shit and can play on defense like Rutgers, for instance, whose roster talent, if compared to like a high school football team would be a peewee football team. Uh, Rutgers basically made Marvin Harris. I know he had two scores in that game, but he was largely invisible for most of the game. And Egbuka was invisible for 90% of the game. He had like 20 yards receiving. And Travion Henderson really is what won the game for them. I mean, he had a big day. So, you know, kudos to them. They have monumentally more talent than a team like Rutgers. But Rutgers was leading at halftime of that game. (laughs) Okay. And they kicked four field goals when they had possessions inside the five-yard line. I don't understand why you don't go for some of those fourth downs because you're not going to beat Ohio State with field goals. But that's, hey, that's on Shiano. But when I look at Ohio State, I look at what, what they did against Notre Dame. I look at what they did against Penn State. I look at what they, you know, on that Notre Dame wins looking worse and worse all the time, by the way. And I just, I don't know, man. Their defense is much improved, but I would not rank them or rate them at second. No way. Like all the numbers that I are looking at here, I would favor several teams over them, especially Michigan. Like, I can't believe you have them above Michigan. That was the biggest surprise. I'm going, Jesus, like, what more do you need to see from Michigan, especially given the last two seasons? I need to see him would... play someone. <laughs> well, I mean, I I get the results, 
like if you want to rank Ohio State above Michigan based on results, but you would literally favor Ohio State over them. Yeah, because they're <clears throat> they're better up front than they have been, and they're much better on defense than they have been. They they have given up more than seventeen points in a game zero times. They gave up seventeen to Maryland. They gave up sixteen to Rutgers, and fourteen to Notre Dame. That's no one fair. else has gotten more than 12, right? Look, they've won by 20, 28, 53, 3 at Notre Dame, uh, mm-hmm. 20, 34, 8 against Penn State, 14, and 19 points. So they're beating the best teams they play. They're curb stomping everyone else. They're just they're they're very, very good on defense, and that's been kind of the issue and as far as the marvin harrison argument it's the same thing as the brock bowers right well how good is georgia's offense if if, if, uh you know if you took away brock bowers well i don't know but he's there why wouldn't they use him why wouldn't they force feed him the ball same thing with harrison like yeah outside of him like okay well i mean if you're going to assume that he's on the field for this hypothetical game then you have to give them credit for having marvin harrison jr on their team yeah i mean i it's a fair argument. I'm not going to crush you for it. I just I wouldn't favor them over Michigan on a neutral field. No way in hell I would do that. Michigan's dominated them two years in a row. <coughs> Excuse me. And yeah, I mean you can say all those things about Ohio State, but it's the same for Michigan. They have yet to face a first and goal on defense this season. It's week eleven. <laughs> no team. No, and they haven't played anybody. I get it, but. No team has even made it inside the 10-yard line against their defense. I mean, they are, they are absolutely destroying people. And I get all the play call stealing and all that kind of shit, but I don't know, man. I haven't seen anything from Ohio State that would make me think that they are with, you know, I guess back within striking distance of Michigan uh, after what I saw last year and what I've seen so far this year. But moving mm. on. uh now, the difference there, I have Alabama power rated at number two. Yep. And you have them at three. Yeah. So I don't think that's really worth kind of that's sort of a that's sort of a wash, two or three. You know, um, the only team that you would favor over Bama on a neutral field is Ohio State or Georgia. Don't agree with the Ohio State take, but Georgia, I agree, should be favored. Uh but the way Alabama played the other night. They're, like I said, it was a very short list of teams that I feel like could beat them. And so I feel like if they could play a complete game and Georgia plays a complete game, I think Georgia is the only team in the country that could beat them if they play their best games. So, uh, okay, I have Michigan at three. You have them at four. We yep. already talked about that. And then tied at fifth for you, you have Florida State and Oregon. I have Florida State and Oregon at four and five. So we're pretty much dead nuts there, followed by Washington for both of us. So we're also the same there. Now, you've got Texas uh, at that that eight spot. I have them, the current, right, as of November 6th version of Texas at mm-hmm. eight, because I think they're still a very, very good team. They would be higher for me if – Quinn Ewers was back playing and healthy. They would probably be as high as I probably slot them in between Michigan and Oregon slash Florida State. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same with me. Uh, I have OSU at seven. So I've got Ohio State down at seven. Uh, and then I have Ole Miss at eight. Okay. I just, I don't know, man. I know Ole Miss's defense is not all that great, but it doesn't get enough credit i don't think i think they're a bit underrated kind of like they always are like they were last year and their offense can just do it man kiffin's a guru and they are sneaky good up front judkins is you know we've talked about him i think he's the best running back in the country they have weapons all over the field so and they've got some dudes on defense that can go like even up front like they've got some dudes that can get after the quarterback so i have old miss at eight And then I have the current Texas team at nine. I would have them fourth if Quinn Ewers was healthy. Like, that's how big of a difference I think he makes. So, 
if you're taking Quinn Ewers out against them, you know, they struggled against Kansas State. I feel like Kansas State had a chance to win that game and arguably should have. But I just, I don't know, man. I feel like on a neutral field right now, I would lean Ole Miss just because I don't have much faith. But if you, <laughs> you throw Quinn Ewers back into that, yeah, no chance. I'm favoring Texas. So, uh, and then the last two, you've got Penn State at uh, nine. I also have Penn State at nine, but I threw Tennessee in, tied at ninth with them. You have Ole Miss at 10th, and I have Louisville first out at 11. And uh, mm. your first two out are Utah and LSU. Yep. You're a little down on Tennessee there. Uh, I, I don't see I don't see what you see from, I guess. I, I haven't watched them a ton. One of the games I did watch, they, they got beat um, by, by Florida. Um, I watched the Alabama game. They played okay there. Yeah, I think the Florida game just got away from them, man. I, I, I don't know what happened. I sort of look at that like a fluky game. Yeah, because you then look they at get, it like they get pulled like into Arkansas. a slog against Kentucky, and you know, well, they, Kentucky they can do that. Super, they can, can do, do that. that to you, though. They can they can drag Stoops can drag you into a nasty, ugly game. He can unless know. you're good enough to avoid that. Like he, um, you know, Texas A&M was sort of the same way. That I think that was a touchdown, six or seven point game. Well, the big one that I wanted to ask you about, I have Louisville first out. You know, I don't think Louisville is all that good. I think they are largely a product of their schedule. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know. What do you think of yeah. Louisville being up there? I mean, is that is that fair to keep them out of the top 10 power ratings? I mean, based on what uh, you've seen? Well, yeah, I can I can think of um, 10, 11, 12, 13 teams um, that I would favor over them. Yeah, now LSU, I would obviously. LSU, I would. Utah, I would. And Missouri, I would. Yeah, Mizzou, I don't know. Uh, Mizzou's been known to lay eggs here and there. so I, Sure, I but it doesn't mean you wouldn't favor them going in. I'd have to look at that one hard, man. I think that'd be a a very close line. Um, but Penn yeah, State, Tennessee, oh. I think their lines of scrimmage are much better than Louisville's. Yeah, I think uh, Penn State would eat Louisville alive. But, yeah. I mean, you look at Louisville, they, they won by three at NC State. Uh, they beat the breaks off Boston College, but uh, beat Indiana by a touchdown, beat Georgia Tech by five, beat Riley Leonardless Duke, uh, shut them out. Virginia Tech, I don't know what to make of them. I actually haven't watched Virginia Tech to know what I think about them, but I, I, I agree with you. I do think it is largely a product of the schedule, which doesn't get that more daunting. They got UVA this week and then they go to Miami, finish up with Kentucky. So indeed they're eight and one. If I had to bet right now, I would say nine and three, uh, <laughs> maybe 10 and two. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but yeah, big stark difference there for us in the power ratings with Ohio state. Uh, that one was uh, pretty surprising to me that you had them up at two, but I guess I shouldn't be all that surprised. You picked them to go fifteen and zero last year, so mm-hmm. <laughs> you're you're a closet Ohio State homer. I should have known. What was I thinking? Oh boy, you're <laughs> you're pushing the bounds of reality now. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. You never know, but, uh, all right, that's going to wrap us up for the week. Uh, we appreciate you guys for sticking with us and, uh, we will be back with you on Wednesday night this week to lay some bets and drop some cash. And Eric is going to be back on the tee box and going back to all the wells and spraying the board to try to shoot past that 500 mark. Yeah. Anyone who's heard like more than half of, the episodes from this season can probably lay out my first five picks. <laughs> Coastal. I don't, Coastal. I don't know, man. You're going to have to eventually. Iowa jump. under. Yes. USC fade over. Michigan State. USC yep. over. Indeed. Uh, probably fade Colorado, maybe. Um, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like a big missed opportunity for us this year has been UNLV. They are fucking like eight and one against the spread. 
can't believe neither one of us have bet on them all year. It's just, I don't know. That's a, that's a missed opportunity. They're <laughs> tied for the best against the spread record in the nation. So I feel like we missed a missed out on that one, but I won't be betting James Madison this week. I can tell you that not with that big of a line, uh, but I may be given, you know, give me Liberty or give me death. We'll see what happens there. But we'll be back. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I actually don't know who they have. Who does Liberty play? That's a good question. Before we go, they have Old Dominion. Oh, man, I'd faded Old Dominion this week. Liberty's going to yep. crush them. Yep. And then Give UMass and UTEP. So oh, there's three yeah. wins there. Oh, yeah. They're going 12 and 0. Let's go. Give me Liberty or give me death. All right. Well, we'll be back with you Wednesday night. And until then, stay safe. Take care. See you guys later on. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.